Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the good news. Therapist Lisa here and in Pastor Moreland's shoes, Moose. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> qualified. Not a pastor, but a friend. There you go. Yeah, a friend to many. I think yes. if I'm here, it means like I'm going to be the one getting therapy probably, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. And it, well, you, it, the clo- I would say you're kind of like a pastor because you're kind to others. Okay, you have well. Everybody should be kind. To <laughs> yeah, they should. You're right. So we've g- been told I'd give great hugs. So no? I think that's like one of the like regulations. You have to check that off if you are a pastor. So you have to give good hugs. Therapist Lisa oh. looks suspicious. I, I don't, don't know. know because I just have to ask Pastor Moreland if he gives good hugs. He's not a big hugger, I don't think. Yeah, see, I was curious. I mean, he's not a real pastor. Uh, Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. That is hateful, yet so funny. (laughs) All right, so we miss Pastor Moreland. He is out and about today. All right, and it's his two-year anniversary at Denver Christian Bible Church. A big deal for them as they branched off and started another church, and it's been a wonderful experience for them. Very cool. uh, Yeah, I really enjoy uh, his church. All right, I want to talk to you guys in good news, therapist Lisa Dunning. Uh, and good thing Moose is here because we need a dad as we approach um, Father's Day. I think so many of us, and we've we've talked about this before, we're a lot more critical of our parenting, I think, than they are. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was so irritated with my husband last night. And here we are in Christian radio, and I'm going to make a confession, okay? He says things in front of the kids that they repeat that I'm not very happy about. Ooh. This isn't horrible, but apparently there's a song about something bootylicious by Beyonce. Uh-huh. And so um, he he was saying in the car... Uh, bootylicious, like bootylicious and singing the song. So then my kindergartner starts singing. He says, no, you can't say that. I said, no, actually they learn from observation. So you can't say, I can say it, but you can't. He goes, yes, I can. And I'm like, it's not very effective. Yeah, we're now in that stage with Sayla. She's three. That That's totally a thing. Like I have to watch everything I do and how I do things and how I say things. But see, I might disagree. Can't adults because adults do do things that kids can't right yeah i don't yeah but if you're going to use language you don't want them to use he used an abbreviation for a not so kind word in the car right right an abbreviation all right so they didn't really know what he was saying okay so then my kindergartner again said what's the such and such Uh and i went oh that's not good and so i'm more conservative than my husband and he thinks it's kind of funny i don't think it's funny Moose thinks it's funny. Well, because well, we're in the middle of this. Like, my grandfather is, or my father in law, my daughter's grandfather is one to not swear a lot, but he swears when he's angry. And sometimes my daughter overhears that. My mom does the same thing. And so the other day, my wife is getting um, my daughter ready to go, and she realizes she left a toy at grandma's house. Oh, no. And she says, Oh, shh, mm. my blue car's at Mimi's house. She said that. <laughs> And my wife's like, Sayla, that's a naughty word. And she said, sorry, Mom. Grandpa says it. Well, she just said, sorry, Mom. Okay. Then got in the car. And on the drive, she said, oh, shh, sorry, Mom. Oh, shh, uh, sorry, Mom. 
Oh, Now she no. likes the reaction. And see, my kids think cursing is the S word. And I said, what, what, what word was that? Shut up. Mm. They think that's like, oh, and it is kind of it's a, a naughty mm, word. It yeah. is. Stupid. Words. All those, right? Yes, all those naughty S words. Right. All right. Well, I um, talked earlier with one of the men's health um, editors, and he gave us uh, in their in their in magazine. He talks about twenty ways to win Dad of the Year. You know their de- their parenting tips. And Lisa, you've written you know a parenting book. So first, I thought I'd share with you uh, a little story about a dad who ended up becoming a single dad. He had to be mom and dad. And he talks about how he thinks he's doing with his son and what he tries to teach him. And then the son talks about his dad and writes a letter for his dad. Now keep in mind, his son's not a little kid anymore. He looks to me to be either late teens or into the college years. Right, I'd say yeah. around like 19 or so. Yeah, right there between like 18, 19, 20, right in there. So let's take a listen to Dad first talking about how he thinks he's doing in the mom and dad role. His grandparents, they live in Sacramento. They said he would take his stroller and, you know, walk down the street and go in the woods. And they would say, Lawrence, where are you going? He's like, I'm trying to find my dad. You know, I didn't know how hard work it was until I actually had to do it on my own. I'll find out through someone else that he has a girlfriend or something like that. He won't, I don't know why, but he chooses not to talk to me about those things. I hope I'm doing great. That's what I, that's, that's my answer. I hope I'm doing great. He has to be a, kind of like a, like a father and a mother at the same time, you know? So uh, he's got you know, this handsome young son now going to talk about, and he, when I think teenagers, I don't think, <sighs> Lisa, I'm sorry. I know you love teenagers. When I think of teenagers talking about their parents, I don't think of them saying nice things. And this boy has such a special bond with his father. I think when we get down to the core of how they feel about us, there's still love, even if they're irritated with us, you know? Yes. And even if they're teenagers, they can show it. See? And I think because teenagers are rough around the edges, a lot of parents don't think they need him anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was recently reading a book where the mom said a lot of the teens would come to their house and stay there because their parents were so distracted and busy that the parents didn't make time for the kids anymore because they think, oh, well, they're irritated with me. They don't like me. They don't need me as much. So I'll go ahead and go to that networking meeting. I'll go ahead and do work at night rather than have a family dinner. When the kids deep down, they need us just as much, if not more, in the teen years. They're just more abrasive. Of course. And there's more competition for that attention. They have friends. They have other outside activities. But there's still like the need to have the family mm-hmm. and the parental figures for wisdom and such like that. So even though they... There's more, like, as there's now 10 million channels on TV, there's competition for everything as uh, kids get into those teen years, because my nephew is there now, and my sister is feeling this, of he's getting older, he doesn't need me, he still needs you, Yes, Mm -hmm. you just get a little less time on the clock. And it looks different. The need looks different from a three-year-old who's going to be clingy and things like that. Yes, constantly, my girls constantly want to sit in my lap at the same time. Right. You got more of her leg, you got more of her leg, that's my foot. Like, they'll each have, like, a leg, right? right? A 16-year-old won't do that. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, (laughs) they won't want a leg. No. (laughs) All right, so, like, Moose said there's 10 million channels but there's only one and there's mom and there's only one dad so here's the teenage boy talking more about what he would write to his dad uh, to t- if he didn't get to see him anymore yeah i appreciate everything he does you know i love him with all my heart this is like the last time i would see him ever this is what i would really want him to know that i feel for him it says dear dad i just want to say thank you for everything you have done for me i love you a lot and i remember when we used to go to queen Anne park and you would teach me Not only the game of basketball, but the game of life. I know we have been through a lot together. A lot of ups and downs. 
I just want you to understand all that you have done for me. The advice you gave me is to go to college, graduate, and be an honest person. And I follow these principles, and I will be well off. You'll always be uh, the number one dad in the world. Okay. Great kid. Hey. Thanks for that letter. Brought tears to your old dad's eye. <laughs> And lots oh, of hugging. Isn't that sweet? Yes. Well, I want to go through some of these and we'll discuss about the um, uh, tips to be a winning dad, you know, dad of the year. And uh, uh, one was um, do a project that pays off forever. And my friend did this with his son who was an Eagle Scout. They built benches outside of a library. And a lot of Eagle Scouts do these lasting kind of projects. Mm -hmm. And my husband in Cub Scouts worked with my son on those um, pine, Pinewood Derby cars. Right. Yeah. And he got a real kick out of that. And I just like the idea that they go to Home Depot a lot together and do like man stuff mm -hmm. together where they buy man things like light bulbs and screwdrivers mm -hmm. and drill bits and stuff. Because my father-in-law taught my husband all of this stuff. And so my husband can literally have never done a hardwood floor and have never done tile, but he can figure out how to do it and he does it perfectly. Wow. Because like no projects out of his reach because he's learned so much from his dad over the years because his dad did the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so I love it that he's now starting to teach my son that stuff. And Faith also likes to go to Home Depot. That's <laughs> cute. Yeah. But that is important to do projects and include them. Sometimes parents think, oh, I just have to run errands. And, and they think you it's know, a hassle to bring exactly. them. Exactly. So, or the kids slow them down or whatnot but there's always a learning you know opportunity with those things and just the bonding and the communication I think is huge and I think any errand you can bring a kid on they really appreciate um, they call I mean going to the post office or filling up the gas tank they call it you know like mommy Riley fun day I'm like huh? really is this right. fun for you you know <laughs> well you know look at things through the eyes of a child right well and if you get grape gum to me like we went to Target last night that mm. makes any night great and I have to tell you I tried it it is delicious oh yeah yeah, they were so excited about getting grape, like That's a pot of grape, grape gum. It's like in a little pot. Huh. Yeah, it's there pretty cool. All right, yeah. then. Start a trend. Well, one of the things that uh, I did a couple of years ago, knowing that my daughter was going to get older, is we got this old chest of drawers from the thrift store, and I stripped down all the paint that was on there and then put chalkboard paint on it. Mm. Oh, I love that. And so then, like, all the drawers, are, it's now my daughter's dresser, so everything's labeled, but on the side, she can color. That's awesome. And she I loves think that's it. such that's a cool neat. idea. Well, he also, Moose does memorable things, too. He'll make, really make an effort. He made a... Um, uh, a Batmobile or Batgirl um, Halloween oh, yeah, made, costume. I made Sayla a Batgirl uh, Batmobile like little box to wear with suspenders and then a Batgirl costume. Wow. Yeah, and it was like a little car that was attached to her. I mean like come That's... on like she's not, she's never going to forget <laughs> that. Lights. Awesome. Like oh, the headlights my. lit up. Of course. LEDs you can press I got at the dollar store. But one of the things that uh, I decided early on as a parent one of the things I wanted to instill in my kids was a love of music. Mm. And oh, um one of the things when, you know, Sayla was kind of a fussy baby and always wanting mom, but one of the things I would do is I would hold her football style, you know, with her belly on my arm. I would put my phone on her back and I would play hip hop songs because she loved the beat. She would always fall asleep to like a G6, if you know that song. <laughs> and so she loves rhythm, rhythmic dancing and lots of music. And so that's one of the things that she really loves. She always loves dancing. And so we go on dates and go see live music mm. that we get from Terry oh, Fisher. That's so cool. And so and she yeah, really Terry enjoys Fisher, it. by the way, on Friday, she joins us. She tells us about all kinds of free music around town. Wow. There's a lot of great free things you can do with your family. And then surprisingly enough, yesterday we were, I was playing some music and my daughter was dancing. And I was holding my son, and he's kind of started to get into it at nine months. He's starting to bob around and realize rhythm. 
And so I'm like, all right, I thought Toby wasn't really going to get into it, but mm. now he really has started to appreciate music. And when I uh, turn on the iPod, he starts to smile. Aww. And so that's one of and my things that... You see what you're doing? You're bonding over an attachment versus bonding over a toy. Right. You know, or right. I want yeah. this and buying things. I mean, what you're doing is priceless. You know, it doesn't cost you anything, but they're memories that are going to last a lifetime. And like you said, including them in everything and trying not to slow her down. Sayla loves to cook. But she's three, and it takes like so long to cook with a three-year-old. Yes, yes. And so I'll give her like a something to stir, but then it's not enough for her. So I'll turn on the music, and we'll dance as I'm cooking, and she'll be distracted by the dancing as I'm being goofy around she the kitchen. She thinks she's helping. Right, she right? thinks she's helping. Right. She's included. But yeah, I'm still being able to That's get the awesome. dinner on the table without taking four hours to get it done. Oh, I love these dad tips. All right, so that was uh, uh, tips to be a winning dad. Uh, do a project together that pays off forever. Love that. Uh, take them on lots of adventures. Now, you know moose i'm the queen of this yep we call I them really field am. trips in my house we call what do we call what oh we call them like a family walk or a family whatever yep. you know and so we do walks and now we have various scooters we bring the softball mitts and we play catch i have the scooter that's like a stair stepper i ride now oh, that come in the mail already you it got came that? in the mail it is so awesome it's nice. kind of tough though so when i start walking it then my husband takes it over so to see this six foot six guy <laughs> on the stairmaster scooter so you have to step like oh, steps. i haven't seen this it's called a wing flyer I, I should be like their spokes model. Well, wow. I'm a spokes mom. I should be a spokes yes. mom. Yeah, I'm past the modeling years. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so and we do that. We do YMCA the Rockies a lot. We built a family shelter. We go roller skating together. When we go to Jumpaline. I go in this weekend when we were at the pool. We have like floating alligators, and I know I look ridiculous on the floating <laughs> alligator. Uh, and I got a floating pretzel that three people can come up through each pretzel spot and float oh, around. Oh, nice. I just oh. ordered a floating slice of pizza. Oh, it's so oh. fun. I love the floating donut, too. Mm -hmm. So with that said, um, I'm like one of the few moms out there because they're all like on the side, you know, in their bikinis. Um, some of them, I think, drinking even, you know, wow. and I'm in the pool with my kids, you know, and I know they're like, oh, look at her in there. You know, I don't care anymore. I'm like, I'm getting in and I'm playing when with the kids. When did parenting stop being hands-on? And when did it stop being fun? Right. But you know what? I bet you, Angie, you don't have, it's not just your kids coming up to you, right? Oh, you yeah, probably... the other kids play with us, too. Right? Yeah. That's... Well, we have squirt guns, too. So everybody has a floating device so there's an alligator there's a salamander there's a whale and there's a pretzel there's a whole so everyone yes everyone and it's by and the way food. trying to get that stuff in the suv i mean we must look like worse than a circus <laughs> because when we come up because you have to pretty much have them inflated because you can't inflate them at the pool yeah. we look ridiculous That's and funny. so um, what we do is everybody gets a floating device and then you get one of the water soakers and then you float around squirting each other that's and then, awesome. yeah, yeah, it is. It's really fun. So, family adventures. There, yes. Lisa, do you have family adventures? And then we'll talk about some of Moose's because I think we get too lazy or yeah. too tired or too stressed out. And for me, it's my best stress release to do family stuff. Definitely. And you know, obviously, I have the kids that are are in the teenage years, but I have a nine year old. So. It just shows that when they do get over, older, they do branch out in with kids. So your time is very limited. So yes, we do have our family time where at least, you know, dinner time and then our fun time. We try to do something um, every weekend just to get out of the house yeah. and do something, you know, whether it's a hike or whatnot. But I think that's so important because the kids are going to grow out, you know, grow up and, and leave home and stuff. And you want to leave them with that, with those memories that they can't replace. You know, they're going to always remember those pretzel Yes. You know, floaty with mom yeah. squirting everybody, you know. Yeah. 
that's what's important about building that relationship, you know, and that can get you through a lot of difficult times too. I agree. And it's um, that camaraderie, learning to get along with siblings. And I always tell the kids, I'm like, you want a friend, knock on your sister's door. You know what I mean? Like you got a friend right here at the house. You're not going anywhere. Like a lot of times I don't have time for play dates. I'm like, you got a built-in friend, go find him. Yeah, exactly. They share your genetic code. We said we have a fort, by the way, right now in the sunroom. It's every chair in the house that's movable by, you know, a six-year-old. At least 20 blankets. And my husband's like, well, take it down. It's messy. I'm like, who cares? It's like a camp out in the sunroom. This thing is huge, by the way. It is like 15 feet long. I mean, they go in there. They'll watch movies. They'll do math facts in there. It is ridiculous. I mean, it looks like I live in a hoarder's home because if you walk into that room, it's like, why are there 20 blankets piled up like there's a homeless tent, you know? Is it up to code? Yeah, I'm sure it's not. (laughs) But how fun. Like, if you're a kid, I mean, who cares if it's messy? My husband really gets that bothers him. And I'm like, eh, we can put it away later. Well, you're allowing them to use their imagination, too, which I think is so important. You know, we get stuck. Like, you think about the coloring pages where they have to color inside the lines you're allowing them to go outside, outside the, the lines line. build their you know? own personal yes. encampment mm-hmm. definitely say moose i don't know where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's do a few more tips and we'll stay on this whole father's day theme um as we go through the tips to be a winning dad so lots of adventures mm-hmm. uh play team sports and build life skills okay team sports for us really is a team as a family too like last night hope had uh, uh ballet and then we do something while she's in ballet so the kids were rock climbing and while dad and i walked and lifted and then so we're within the you know we're at the same space and then a lot of times when she does ballet the other kids scooter outside of the little skate part that they have at the rec center and then when we go to a baseball game like i walk or do something active with the kids they play like it's a family thing mm-hmm. at swim team practice i circle the pool like some kind of you know maniac that just got out of the insane culture yeah uh, it's just something i can't i don't want to sit still so yeah so i would say that um playing steam ports sports it builds life skills but I think it teaches the kids good sportsmanship I think it teaches it teaches them commitment like when they don't want to go you're like well your team is counting on you you have to go and also I mean it teaches great skills of um, working as a team and being dependent and also leadership is one of the things like um, you know wanting to find out how to work with other people because you know working as a team when you're five has similar skills to where you're 25 35 working in the workplace or school or other things Yeah, and I was just going to say, add to that, usually you hear as a team, you're only as good as your weakest link. Mm -hmm. So that also tells, you know, shows you how to build up something, you know, a skill that maybe it isn't your talent, but how do you get there to become better instead of giving up and quitting? Well, I think it also gets them into that whole physical fitness thing. We've already started that conversation about, um, you know, food and how to be a good athlete and what they eat. And, you know, like what Riley will be like, how many calories does Michael Phelps eat? Can I eat that many? And I'm like, (laughs) well, he's a little bigger than you are. You'd probably explode, bud. All right, so I want to go on to our next tip, which is, okay, here it is. This is the one I was telling my husband. Live the lessons you teach. Don't they learn a lot more than from watching? Like if you smoke three packs of cigarettes a day and you tell kids they should never smoke, aren't they watching you? And what do they believe more, what you say or what you do? Yeah, you know, and yes, in the ideal world, you definitely want, you are role models. So you are, you want to practice what you preach. On the other hand, though, there are some things where parents or adults can do that kids can't. So it, that's also teaching boundaries. But let's say you do use the smoker. 
you know, you could, as a smoker, I'm not, but I'm just saying as a person who's a smoker can share the bad habit, how hard it is to quit, and, you know, why they don't want their kid to follow suit, you know? And, you know, a lot of so, kids really do to learn to not do those things by watching their parents, I I've think. seen, like, see your parents get sick, how right. like, unhealthy they are, et cetera, Correct. Et Yeah. And then the last one is uh, stop lecturing them. I just think that sometimes the lectures can go overboard. And I also think the idle threats a lot of parents give mm -hmm. are so useless that if you do that again, we're never going to go to Disneyland. Right. Oh, tomorrow we're still going to Disneyland, you know, or whatever. Right. And those idle threats don't work. When we come back, I think I want to share with you guys, uh, I would say one of the coolest Father Day stories, uh, Father's Day stories I've come across. I sent it to my dad and my stepmom. And my uh, stepmom said, your dad cried. She goes, isn't that? She goes, Angela, isn't it great when you cry the good tears? <laughs> Isn't it great, Angela? All right, we'll be right back with the good news. She has an accent. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eight ten KLVZ, Brighton, Denver, and the entire Front Range. A Crawford Broadcasting Station. Hi, it's Angie. Would you like to have a bigger business or grow your nonprofit and make more money for your charity? I would love to help you. If you like the good news, if you believe in what we do, we work with our sponsors personally, and I have friendships. I know everyone that works on the good news as an advertiser myself, and so I would love to help you build your business, and I would love to have you help support the good news if you enjoy it and I love to work with nonprofits as you know so please contact me if you have questions angieaustinnews at gmail.com again it's angieaustinnews at gmail.com if you'd like to partner with the good news stop take a moment to think and ask yourself is my business going where I want it to go am I being a good captain at the helm of my ship if you said no or are struggling to come up with a decent answer you need some guidance Carrie Conley of Infinite Nation can assist you in setting goals achieving them and getting you and your business to the next level you might need to restructure how you go about handling your business clients vendors employees and even your personal life Carrie Conley is the co-creator of Infinite Nation and can coach you to have the business and life that you've always imagined Carrie offers a free 30-minute consultation to figure out how you can work together and set goals that stick to set you up for success. Go to InfiniteNation.com to design your vision and get started on the road to victory today. Grow your true passion and gain the tools and supportive community you'll need to progress while remaining completely anchored in your goals. Get Carrie to give you a nudge or a push in the right direction. InfiniteNation.com. I-N-F-I-N, the number eight, Nation.com. This is a good place. I really like it. This is Eric. He's an ambassador with ARC Thrift Stores. Yeah, I started at the Brick Break and sorting the different Brick Break stuff also. Then I went to the showcase and then I got hired to be a cashier. He knows that with hard work and dedication that he will advance in the workplace because he also knows. They trust you to do a good job. And he loves where he works. I'm the opening cashier, so I'm there from 8 a.m. to 4.30 and I have to make sure the registers are ready to go. The right tags are on the computer so we could get the right discounts on there and make sure there's enough bags. Support ambassadors like Eric and the differently abled people in your community by shopping at ARC Thrift Stores. It's a very good place. It's Everybody's real positive and it feels good to be around that. ARC needs your donations of gently used clothing and household items. To find the most convenient donation station, donation box, or ARC Thrift Store location, go to arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. Yeah, overall I'm very happy and thankful, like I said, about ARC. Love lives here on 810 KLVZ. Loving through worship music and inspirational talk. 
Welcome back to the good news. Therapist Lisa is here. Aren't you, Therapist Lisa? I am here. I have the sweetest... Oh, oh Moose, sorry. <laughs> uh, hi. I'm here, too. Not just Lady Don't forget him. <laughs> He's always here. <laughs> just a fixture on the wall. Sorry, it was just like the three of us at the table. So that was kind of funny. Like, Therapist Lisa's here. And oh, that other guy in the corner. There's that guy that just won't leave. <laughs> that was pretty the funny. Okay, so, uh, Moose, to tell me, that wasn't when, when you... I sent this story to you earlier today. Grandpa's Grand Canyon Adventure. Didn't you think uh, it was just amazing? Well, just reading the headline, I thought, I don't want to be that guy. But uh, on the other hand, like after hearing the story, I would think, wow, those guys are super strong like of heart and of family love and just amazing what you can do for a, f- a family member. Okay, so here's the story, Lisa, and I, I, I know you're going to love this. I just love it. It's, it's kind of a long story, but I just think it comes together so nicely before Father's Day. First of all, this father, he's a grandfather as well. His three sons and eight grandkids decide they're going to do something special for him that they have to train for for months. Now, Grandpa had gone on this beautiful tight hike in the Grand Canyon over a decade ago. About nine and a half, ten years ago, he had a fall on a ladder, and he became paralyzed from the waist down, so he could no longer go on this Grand Canyon hike. Well, it was kind of a dream of his, and it takes about six hours to get Mm -hmm. down, by the way, Um, and they decided that they would build this kind of wheelchair kind of um, carrying device. It's got like like a handle on each end, it's like a stick kind of, but it's like metal. Mm -hmm. And then they fabricated this thing and he kind of lies down in it. He's not sitting straight up to kind of uh, distribute the weight. And then um, grandpa's got a big wheel under him, one wheel to kind of get over logs and stuff. But you're literally carrying him one at one end, one at the other. And then they strap people to him as well with, you know, various harnesses to help going uphill, et cetera. And so it ends up being like an 18 hour hike, by the way. So they train for months for this and it's a dream come true for grandpa. What stands out the most though about grandpa is the legacy he's leading behind uh, behind with the word can't is not in his vocabulary so every time the kids the grandkids say well i can't do that they're like to call grandpa and see what he says about the word can't because wow. he has d- decided he can do anything and you know who's even more is my the family we talked about in the first segment about family adventures and memories mm-hmm. you know who else is touched by this story every single onlooker every hiker they pass oh, cannot yeah, they pass so many people they cannot believe wow. the family love of hauling grandpa up and down the grand canyon and uh, cuz wow. it's not it's not an easy task no i mean they didn't think they were going to make it towards the end they were cheered on in fact by a lot of wow. people that they pa- that had passed them on the trail so let's hear part 1 about the headings family Nine and a half years since I had my accident, I, uh, that ladder shifted, I lost my balance and landed on my chest and, uh, and then I broke uh, 17 ribs, had a collapsed lung and I uh, knew right then I was paralyzed because I couldn't feel my legs. We got the call that, that dad has been rushed to the hospital and uh, we dropped everything. You know, we didn't know how dad would react with that, um, being paralyzed and, and knowing he's gonna be in a wheelchair. He's encouraged us a lot more than we've ever encouraged him. You know, I just remember one time he said, he started having a, a negative thought about it. He's like, no, nah, I can't go there. His first thing was, he was worried about me and what he was gonna do to me. I said, hey, <laughs> we're in this together. We're gonna, we're gonna do it. My uh, wife, has been really a real support for me uh, and really has done so much for me and I really appreciate her. Without her, I would not be doing what I'm doing. I think there's so many levels and layers to this. When he was starting to think negative thoughts, the son said, he said, I can't go there. 
um, the bond between the wife, because mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. these marriages end when there's uh, an accident like this. But the wife says, we're in this together. Mm-hmm. And the faith and family is going to come in, and the fact that the grandkids are learning that you can't say the word can't, that's not an excuse for not doing something. You've got to figure a way out. So uh, we'll continue to listen to this and just listen to all the lessons I feel that he teaches his family even in the midst of his paralysis. Well, actually, my son Randy is the one that had uh, mentioned about going down the uh, canyon, and uh, when he mentioned it, I, uh, I didn't hesitate. I mean, I said, I'm, I'm ready to go. Well, we're bringing my paralyzed grandpa down the Grand Canyon. <laughs> it's basically another step showing people that they can do anything with even the greatest obstacles. I think it's something they'll never forget. I mean, when they say they can't do something, always someone should go and call grandpa and see what he says about can't. It just seemed like a way for us as a family to give back to dad. I never expected it to be that hard. I was thinking more about the trip going up than down. I kept looking back and just thinking there's no way we are going back up that. Uh, feeling not too bad. The, uh, it's a little bit scary on the edges there, but I trust my boys. I'm shocked at how this last half I thought was going to be pretty flat and it's very steep. Further do we have to go? Like a hundred miles. We made it. How does it feel? I'll tell you, I'm, I'm tired, but boy, it was more of a challenge than I thought it was going to be. They're at the bottom there. You can hear the rushing mm-hmm. river. Mm-hmm. And uh, Grandpa's saying more of a challenge than he thought it would be. And you saw the device that yes. they put him, took him down in, Lisa. It's, boy, and the kids, the kids are just like, well, they're working hard. Because they're like, well, you're not getting out. We're going to harness you, too, to help Grandpa up. Well, think about, we just talked about teamwork. You know, joining a team, that is teamwork at its, you know, finest, all working together. And they needed everybody to help with yeah, this, you so know. 11 people helping. It's a team of 12 in the family, eight grandkids and three adult sons. So, And they're fit, by the way. They're not like, you know, yeah. uh-huh. just couch potato dudes. These are dudes. They, uh, they, they When they say they've been training for uh, months, they've got very nice muscles. You know, and it's someone I worked with, too, just ran a marathon. And when you set goals like that, you know, like a marathon or or what they did with their grandfather, that carries you for life. Because if you could, and they saw it, accomplish something like that, you can get through any hurdles in life, you know. So it does take the word can't out. And it makes everything doable. And like you said, the lesson of if you can't, call grandpa. He'll tell you that it doesn't exist. But my initial thoughts, like I said, when I saw this article come across, I thought, man, and then Kitty even said, looking back, thinking, how the heck are we going to get up the Mm -hmm. hill? It's like almost like... As as I'm watching this video, like, are they going to have to call Mountain Patrol to airlift them out? And like, that's where I'd be like, all right, is there a place where I can build a house at the bottom of that? (laughs) We're staying. (laughs) Well, it took them six hours to get down and almost twice as long to get up. So almost twelve hours to get back up. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah. Some of those paths are narrow. Yeah, and a lot of logs. They couldn't believe they'd be like, we'd go over one log, and there'd be one like two feet further. You know, because they're not they're not uh, built for wheelchairs and you know very you know things like that. All right. So um, the other thing I think you're going to notice in the last two parts of the story about Grandpa going down to the Grand Canyon in his uh, makeshift wheelchair with the family is uh, the the other hikers and how inspired and touched they are by the whole scene of the, the twelve people making their way up and down the canyon. Here we go. We didn't get quite as early a start as we wanted. We left at 6.45, and yes, the trail was pretty rocky. It's amazing. Michael, how, you're 10? Yeah. How 
you could tell when a 10 year old got hooked on and pulled. You could tell. I felt like I was living on the edge too because it's a long way down and when you get about a foot away from the edge, it's a little scary when you're sitting in here. After Indian Gardens, it was really steep. We made really good time going up that and it was encouraging to me to look down that trail, see all that trail that we just went over and that's kind of when it hit me, we're going to be able to do this today. The hikers had constant encouragement for us. This is probably about my 100th trip canyon and it's the first time that I've seen it like that. That's family. That's family for you. You're not gonna, I mean, I don't know, I love you guys, my friends and stuff, but <laughs> I wouldn't carry you, I wouldn't carry you up out of the Grand Canyon. I heard several times people that even couldn't even speak English, I, they were able to get the word respect out. Yeah. Hats off to you three guys and you grandkids. That was, uh, I still have tears in my eyes. I can't talk very much, so. Fantastic. That's so much determination and care and love. Love. Oh my. Just the kids, the grandkids will remember this their whole life. Uh, I'm sure the sons feel really good about it. Uh, it makes me feel good. So can, they're cheered on not just by family when they start getting closer to the mm -hmm. top. These people that you know saw them, they're waiting because mm -hmm. they think it's such an an amazing spectacle, mm -hmm. an accomplishment that they're at the top. So here's the last part. <laughs> so we heard them starting cheering, and like, we gotta make it the whole way now. I'm like, I'm dying, I'm dying. I can help but have tears in my eyes. I'm finally reaching our goal, and then seeing Grandma crying. Every person represented here is a direct reflection of Dad. I mean, Dad never gives up on anything that he does. All credit is, is due to our Lord and Savior, but Personally, here we credit our dad, you know, for giving us those traits. It is amazing that we did that. This just doesn't happen often enough where a family comes together for a greater cause, and that's, you know, just to bless dad. A little payback for him for the investment they've put into us, mom and dad both. It was just a, a time to be proud of your family. Wow. Isn't that awesome? That's amazing. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like, in a couple years, this same family scales some sort of iconic mountain the exact same way. Dad on their back. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I have a cousin, Bonnie, and she, she would do something like that. She's a grandma now, and uh, I joked around with some of the kids when we were I was back with my family recently about, um, the, uh, Grandma took me up hiking on a mountain in a backpack. Grandma took me kayaking, you know, because she does all these adventures mm -hmm. and always has with her kids, mm -hmm. and she doesn't she hasn't slowed down. You I know? could see that being you one day. Well, my daughter did say to me, are you going to be that grandma that hikes? And I said, that's the plan. There you, you go. Know? I hope so. But, you know, you feel as you get older, like, I don't feel as strong as I used to. So you feel like, oh, gosh, you know, you really got to stay on top of it and try mm -hmm. to, you know, stay as fit as you can because I, you want to be there with, you know, Definitely. these guys. And I love it that they said they did this just to bless their dad. Like, that's a lot of work. Like, why would you do that? But the dad, when he reached the bottom and got to be by the river that he was by um, in the Grand Canyon when he could walk and his family did that for him. Imagine what that felt like. Yeah, I mean, you can say, oh, I got dad a, a golf club and he's mm -hmm. going to be blessed by that. But nah, not really. But being able to, you know, do something that will last generations Definitely. and it will be a story that, you know, these kids are going to tell their kids. Sure. It's going to go on for a while. It's gonna you be know, cool. and then I just want to say as a community, you know, we hear very often that I don't know what else to do when people are in need or whatnot. 
and those people cheering for them gave them the energy to even push through and get them on the top. You know, that helped fill you too. Like, wow, we have people supporting us. So even if you're on the sidelines and cheering, that's, you know, that's huge too to help. So everybody can help people out. You know what this story reminded me of? Wild by Cheryl Strayed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like the Marines were like, wow, you're you're doing this by yourself and your pack is so big and the, the encouragement that she had along the Appalachian Trail is what uh, kept coming to mind as we were watching the story. And they called her uh, Backpack Monster. Yes. And what a story she was because, you know, I met her. Mm-hmm. I emceed an event for her and, um, and I, so I read the book because mm-hmm. I wanted to know more about her before I, you know, did the event. And, um, you know, she'd been, she had problems with addiction and other things and just to say I'm going to hike this trail um, and when she had no experience whatsoever but to find a way to find peace and to find a way f- to find healing the mm-hmm. time to find healing because sometimes I think you need that time alone but mm-hmm. boy the courage that she had she couldn't lift the backpack up she had to like get down like how she put it on like a bed right mm-hmm. and she had to kind of put it on and get under it because she couldn't lift it off the ground and then kind of tip it yeah and she had to roll and get it on isn't that crazy just uh, I mean just the things people go through to prove the strength to themselves or show strength to other people like the dad who couldn't walk the family mm-hmm. bonded together to show their strength as a family to bless their dad and i think too encouragement is something that in our family you know we're really working on my son thrives under encouragement and he had a teacher that really encouraged him and he did mm-hmm. really well this year and uh, you know my husband i think i've mentioned before he's more uh, critical when it comes to giving him um advice on uh, sports and such and uh, and i'll say well can you give some more encouragement and he said well he already knows what he's doing right i'm just trying to correct what he's doing mm-hmm. wrong and i'm like but th- he doesn't feel good anymore when you just correct what's wrong he doesn't feel like he feels yeah. like he's a failure and and so recently I interviewed um, at Denver Seminary. We have a guy come in who um, joins me weekly, and he talked to me about being a coach. And he, I said, well, don't you have to give like one or two um, praises to the kid when you've given one criticism? He said, no, it's like five to seven encouraging you know, bits of info to every criticism. Mm-hmm. That's how harsh the criticism is that the psychologists say that five to seven, you know, pats on the back need to be mm-hmm. given to counteract the negativity. What do you say, therapist Lisa? I, I agree with that. I mean, very often we hear the negative, you know, that comes through so often. So even if you give that one negative, we get stuck on that. Yeah, that's the one that sticks in. Like you always yes. remember like so-and-so said this and it struck you to the right. core. But, yeah. you know, they can also. And you start believing it. Right. So it is, yeah, you know, I'm very much in for, you know, the positive. Why can't we build on the positive to make us a better person? Why do we have to think that only building on the negative makes us a better person? Yeah, I don't know know? about that either. I think the encouragement really makes them feel like they're capable of maybe fixing the problems. And you know what? The coaches are helping them with the problems. We don't need to take the coach's role, I think. No. And no. this particular um, guy told me that a lot of he saw a lot of kids drop out, sees a lot of kids drop out of sports because the parents are so critical. Yes. Speaking of kids in sports, what do you do? Um, Moose gave me this article about ten sacrifices every parent makes that no one talks about, and I'm not going to go through the whole thing right now. But I just want to touch on one thing: uh, being forced to be friends with people because your friends are your kids are friends with them, and what happens uh. when? What happens when you're in sports with um, kids and they're just monsters and you don't want to hang out with them anymore? You don't want them to be on your team anymore. They're poor sports. They get angry at your kid all the time. Because my, my son's a decent athlete, and so he has one particular friend that gets, like, 
so angry if you know he if he loses or like it's really or if my my son makes a play he doesn't like or if my son's faster or catches the ball and it turns into like a two week fight then they make up and then a two week fight and they make up and I'm like exhausted by it. I don't yeah. even want to let him go over there anymore. I think that's where it gets to. As parents, we can't fix their problems, so then it goes back to giving your child the skills. Okay, well, what can you do about it? When so-and-so says this, What can? how can you handle it? What are other options, you know? Is it bad to say when he rings a doorbell, pretend like we're not home? <laughs> no, is that mean? Is that mean? No, I haven't Close done the that. lights no, and run <laughs> Jimmy's here. Get down. Get down. Get down. Everybody, Jimmy's here. Everybody, get down. Shh. I see you in the window. You have glass front door. I see you in there. Exactly. You know, again, it's giving our kids those skills to solve their own problems. So, of course, as parents, we're going to see things that can arise. I mean, we're adults and we've been through it, but now it's time to let the child go through it. Yeah. So let the child learn how to sever friendships if that needs to happen. Yes. And I know? never say anything negative or derogatory. And my friend every day was saying, well, he's real, or my husband, my friend. <laughs> he is my friend. <laughs> he he's is also your friend. husband. Yeah. <laughs> he said, um, boy, he's so moody. He's like a moody kid. I said, please don't say that in front mm. of Riley. And I have to say the same thing to my mother all the time. Don't make comment. My mom will be at the pool and she'll be like, boy, little Bobby, he's a little brother, but he's so tall and his brother's super tiny. Yeah. He looks more like a kindergarten. Look how small he is. Do you see how small he is? I said, Mom, please don't talk about the other kids in front of our kids because they have the biggest ears. Yeah. Yep. They do. So there you have it. Have we, have we solved everyone's problems yet, Therapist Lisa? I think so, right? Excellent. Okay, let's take the rest of the day off. <laughs> okay, let's take the rest of the day Therapist Lisa, your uh, website, please. It's, they don't even need it. They're good, right? It's um, <laughs> lifesupportinstitute.com. We'll be right back with the good news. We'll solve more people's problems. But in a Christian manner, we love you. We love you. Music of inspirations, encouragement, and meditation is found here on 810 KLVZ. Hi, it's Angie Austin. Have you ever thought about mentoring someone? Well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you? Uh, you can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs, um, and you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check in some of those things, but it's a, a few times a month commitment. And you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a kiddo or an adult and really pour into their lives a little bit when they've come from some some situations in their lives and just be a friend. Yeah, be a friend. And you've been mentoring someone and you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying. I do. I'm mentoring a 14-year-old girl and it's been just a blast. So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it. And give us your website again. DenverRescueMission.org. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just, I, I love going to church now. I learn something every week and, I, and I, I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people. And two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. 
Thursday night we connect, you can go to dinner, you get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning. And I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. This is a good place. I really like it. This is Eric. He's an ambassador with ARC Thrift Stores. Yeah, I started at the Brick Brick and sorting the different Brick Brick stuff. Also, then I went to the showcase and then I got hired to be a cashier. He knows that with hard work and dedication that he will advance in the workplace because he also knows. They trust you to do a good job. And he loves where he works. I'm the opening cashier, so I'm there from 8 a.m. to 4.30 and I have to make sure the registers are ready to go. The right tags are on the computer so we could get the right discounts on there and make sure there's enough bags. Support ambassadors like Eric and the differently abled people in your community by shopping at ARC Thrift Stores. It's a very good place. It's Everybody's real positive and it feels good to be around that. ARC needs your donations of gently used clothing and household items. To find the most convenient donation station, donation box, or ARC Thrift Store location, go to arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. Yeah, overall I'm very happy and thankful, like I said, about ARC. You heard it in church, now you have it here on 810 KLVZ. And yes, it's all right to sing along. Welcome back to the good news. Well, I've got young kids, and if you do, and you want to teach them about the love of God and the Bible and Scripture, sometimes it seems a little overwhelming and they're confusing, and some of their questions can be perplexing to me. So we have an expert to help us this morning. Holly Shivers is the author of the book, I Can Learn the Bible, a great way for kids to uh, learn Scripture through a devotional. Good morning, Holly. Good morning. Thanks for having me. All right. I have to tell you, sometimes I don't know how to answer their questions. Like we're flying and they're like, are we going to see God yet? Like how far up does God live? And you're like, um, further, further, much further than this. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So talk about why you wrote the book, first of all. Okay. Well, really, this book came out of um, a book that my dad, O.S. Hawkins, wrote um, a couple of years ago called The Joshua Code, based on Joshua 1.8. And um, just scripture memory in general is kind of a lost art in today's world. A lot of people just feel like it's so daunting and um, legalistic, maybe just a lot of reasons why um, we don't really invest in really memorizing God's word. And what he always says is, you know, it's not as important for us to get into God's word as it is for us to get God's word into us. And so I was I have four small children of my own and I was um, hit. The Joshua Code is basically 52 scriptures every believer should know. And so it's a devotional that goes along with each verse. And I was taking some of those and adapting them for our own kids and kind of putting them in their language. And um, that's how this book, I Can Learn the Bible, came about, um, the Joshua Code for Kids. And so with with my children, my oldest is entering middle school now. And, and my husband and I are starting to feel, you know, some of those weights and pressures of, oh gosh, am I doing everything we can to prepare him for this journey of adulthood. And before you know it, he's going to be out there and we're not going to be there to guide him and tell him, you know, things that he needs to do. He's going to be on his own. And so I feel like as parents, there is nothing better we can do to prepare our kids for life than to get God's word inside of them. Because as we know from Isaiah 40, verse eight, um, which says the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God will live forever. And so God's word inside of our kids, um, there to comfort them when they need it, to guide them when they 
are making decisions to convict them of things they need to make right. Um, all of those things, um, that will always be with them, even when we can't. Well, let's talk about that. I'm a mom of three. You're a mom of four. How do you help make uh, faith and prayer a priority as the kids are, you know, growing up from in the little age? It sometimes, you know, it's, I don't know, I, I, I feel overwhelmed sometimes, and I don't know if I make it understandable to them. Right. Well, that's one thing that, um, that's one reason this book is such a great tool, because um, it's just, I mean, the Bible is, kids can understand the Bible. You just have to make it simple and give, um, this book really kind of gives you the language to use. Another thing that helps is um, for the verses in this book, we use the International Children's Bible. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with that or have that for your kids, but it's such a great version for kids because it is so, so simple. Um, for instance, one of the chapters um, based on 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, God does not see the same way people see. People look at the outside of a person, but the Lord looks at the heart. And we kind of unpack that verse in um, in, in a chapter called Looking Good and what it means. What does it mean that God looks at my heart? What does it mean that um, it doesn't matter if I'm if I don't feel like I'm pretty or good enough at this or that? Um, so just really a lot of easy, simple, fresh language for the kids. And then um, the biggest thing I would say in terms of helping your kids understand scriptures is just talking about them, letting your kids in on your own spiritual journey, your own spiritual life in an age-appropriate way. Um, I think it's just so great because we can allow our kids to memorize, wrote, memorize pretty much anything and probably remember it. But when we talk about it and we make it real, what does this scripture mean for you, Julia, and your fourth grade classroom this week and how how you can apply it in your life. Um, I think that's when it really takes on, um, takes root and, and just can be really powerful. Well, I love it, Holly. I just think um, I didn't know about the Bible for kids, so that's great to know that there's a version specifically for them. Uh-huh. I want to make sure that people can get in touch with you and find the book. Do you have a website you could give us? We, uh, we have a website coming for I Can Learn the Bible. It's not quite ready yet, but in the meantime, um, there's information about the book on my um, father's website, which is oshawkins.com, and you can contact me through there. Um, the book is available at Amazon, any local Christian bookstore, Barnes & Noble. It's very easy to find. Excellent. So excited to uh, you know learn more about how to teach our kids about the Bible and I Can Learn the Bible. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.